It's the Warbler Crazy Podcast, talking all things warblers, birding, photography, gear, and even bagels on the road. Join the fun and foolishness with your co-host, Stephen Michaels, and his sidekick, Enrico Palazzo. Now, from their bunkers in suburban New Jersey, it's time for Warbler Crazy. Welcome to the Warbler Crazy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Michaels. Joining me is my co-host, the Enrico Palazzo. Hey, everybody. Hey, so we have a very special episode for you today. Our guest is a founding member of one of the most popular and influential metal bands of all time. Widely considered a pioneer of modern thrash guitar, while later earning a bachelor's of fine art and jazz from the New School in New York. He's performed all over the globe for millions of fans with his own line of guitars through the ESP guitar brand. He's been a writer for Guitar World and Guitar Player Magazine as well as his own autobiography. Oh, and he's a prolific photographer as well. Please say hello from the band Testament and the Alex Skolnick trio to Alex Skolnick. Hey, hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, Alex. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate appreciate you kind of coming on. I know it was kind of uh, happened kind of hastily and. I'm sure with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, your life is kind of upside down as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's changed a lot. Uh, a lot more, a lot less travel all of a sudden. Uh, but somehow still really busy with projects coming up left and right that I can barely stay on top of. So um, I guess, you know, that's, it's, uh, I could have used, used the rest, but I think, uh, but in a, in about a month, it's going to feel really, really strange, as it will for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been kind of strange, um, you know, for for everybody, and it's kind of like the new normal for for a lot of people. And I think as the time kind of goes on, uh, you know, people are trying to figure out, especially here for us in New York and New Jersey, like what what's kind of happening. So a lot of people are just trying to figure out what, what what's this new world that we're living in is like. So I wanted to kind of, first off, thank you for coming on. I know that you're very busy. You have uh, a brand new record Titans of creation with Testament that is dropping uh, on Friday, uh, which is tomorrow when we're recording this on uh, April 2nd. Correct. Uh, and you have a older record from last year with your trio, the Alex mm-hmm. Stolnik trio called conundrum. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely I'm assuming you can get those, uh, all your fine record store, Spotify, anywhere that your, uh, you know, your music is out there. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on with that. We wanted to get the plugs in. And obviously mm-hmm. um, the reason that we're having you on is to discuss creativity, photography, and just kind of like pick your brain. Uh, for me, you know, it's, you've always appeared to be uh, a very cerebral guy and mm-hmm. you're mostly well known for being a, a world-class guitar player, you never rested on your accomplishments. I know in 1994, at the peak of your initial success with Testament, you did leave the band to study jazz and ultimately reinvented your whole career and um, became a first-call jazz musician. Along the way, I know you've also taken deep dives into being a student. I read that you're a wine guy and now photography. So what's kind of fueled that? Oh, it's a, it's a good question. I guess, um, you know, I've always, uh, yeah, I, I've not, never liked 
to rest on my laurels, I guess, um, you know, I just, I've always had, um, yeah, I, yeah, I've always, I always feel like there's another, you know, another hill to climb. Um, and, you know, in the case of, um, guitar, yeah, I, I had reached a point where, you know, I was very young when I, I joined the band and when, um, a lot of folks I grew up with were entering college. I was on the road and in recording studios. Um, a few years, well, only like a year or two into it, I just kind of felt like my playing was, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was, it was, it was fine. You know, it was fine for the band, and um, but I just always missed those those first years of playing where you, there was such a difference between, you know, somebody who'd played one year and played two years right right and then wow when when by the time i, I remember by the time i played five years right the difference between being 10 years old and 15 years old was huge uh but then the difference between being uh, 18 years old and 19 years old to me it didn't feel that different um other than being more experienced having made a record and been on tour and i just started to uh, you know opening up to different types of music and I went to these jazz shows where it'd be, there'd be very small audiences, but I was just captivated by the music. And somehow I just, I hadn't gotten the jazz bug when I was younger, uh, but jazz guitar became a hobby. And um, yeah, I think after five albums and, you know, just seven very intense years, uh, I, I wanted to switch direction. Okay. It didn't happen right away. It was really like, the late nineties by the time I really made that decision. And that, that had included trying to do a couple bands of my own and it not working, um, almost being hired by Ozzy Osbourne, which was like the, you know, probably like the ultimate guitar gig, uh, at least for heavy metal, uh, and actually doing a show with him and just be being that close to it. And then it not working out and then just realized, okay, I, what do I really want to do? And then that led to um, the jazz guitar and then um, you know, finding my way back to metal. It's, it's a whole long story, but right. um, yeah. But it, and you ask me any specifics you want. <laughs> <laughs> I did read in your autobiography that as a child, um, you, you had felt isolated. And that was something that I kind of shared in with uh, in a certain way as an outsider uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V as he's known, but he's got a podcast yeah. and he's super successful marketing and, uh, you know, kind of a social media guy. But he had mentioned that he felt the same feelings as a child and he came from Russia, couldn't yeah. speak any English. And he spoke to how he grew to embrace being an outsider by discovering that he didn't really need people's acceptance, that the merit of achievement was his gauge of success and that happiness and wasn't based on people's opinion. I know that for yeah. me as, as like my self-esteem kind of came through music and arts and being creative. Uh, how did you, you know, through your own childhood discovery, how has that fueled uh, your driven and creative personality? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I relate to that exactly. I'm not familiar with it, what's his name? Gary V. Gary, yeah, Gary Vanyerchuk. He's uh, okay. I'll keep yeah. an eye out for him. Uh, but that sounds a little bit like um, I'm sure you know who Tim Ferriss is, who's very sure. well yeah, known, sure. and 
you know, hear, I, you know, hearing him, um, I haven't listened to him for a while. I need to get back into him, but you know, he's just, he talks about failure and just failing at all these things and, uh, just, you know, finding success through that. And, um, you know, there, there've been a, f- a few, um, folks like that who have told stories that I relate to, but it's, it's just, uh, it's surprising the amount of, um, sort of, you know, people who are outcasts, if not outcasts, who just didn't fit in in some ways and just, you know, weren't, um, the most popular and, that ended up being the you know, super creative and interesting. And um, it took a long time to realize that and to really to be, become an adult and just, um, yeah, learn that you, you don't need um, your peers approval, but when you're growing up, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really all anybody wants, right? That, or that's what you're taught, trained to believe. Is just acceptance, acceptance from your peer group, acceptance from your, some, yeah, in some cases your your family, and and just, uh, yeah, it's you know being uh, unique and an individual is a really good thing, but it's I think I've I've been able to um, sort of carve out a niche for myself by accepting that I I, I you know, I'm not going to please everybody i'm not gonna play i'm just all i can do is do you know do things that feel worthwhile to me so just you know playing jazz guitar learning jazz guitar when i did after uh launching a, a career as a thrash metal guitar that was crazy <laughs> like i was a a weirdo and i right. always you know wanted to avoid being a weird and then i just accepted okay i'm gonna be a weirdo but for some reason, this feels right to me. And that's just one of many things that, yeah. so, but just, yeah, I learned to embrace what feels right and who can damn the consequences or what anybody else says. And then in the long run, you find that that's actually the, that's the right thing overall. And you're more, you know, it, you'll, you'll have a better outcome that way. Well, Alex, what, what, what was the transition? What was the, what was the impetus there that got you to go from music to photography? What, what, what did it for you? Well, um, I, th- I think it's, it was a total accident, which I, I think like a lot, a lot of the best things that are, that happen are complete accidents. And Absolutely. Um, I actually thought that at this point in my life that outside of, guitar and touring like that my other big artistic um create create source of creativity would be being a writer and i've you know i've like you mentioned in the intro i i wrote an autobiography um i've written for some online publications i've written forwards in published books um i had a blog for a long time i still occasionally do a blog, but writing. Uh, okay, so first of all, it, t- it takes a long, long time, <laughs> and and I'm actually, you know, and I actually, I'm, I'm still doing it partially. But I really thought that was going to be the main thing, and I, it's hard to get that out 
in the world. You know, attention spans have gotten shorter. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's not helped by, uh, you know, 140 character, um, you know, write, writings that are that we look at every single day uh, and sound bites. Just, you know, so, yeah, just the world of, of writing just and and books, it's, it's changed. And it's just that and somehow it seems like the world of like photos has blossomed um partially because you know i think we we have more access to um visual things now and you know yes it it can be overwhelming it can be a a problem especially with you know advertising and the fact that photos are everywhere the fact that everybody has a camera now in their pocket but Mm -hmm. it's also led to these great things i mean i think um like sharing on Instagram, yeah, I have a photo page on Instagram, which uh, Skolnick picked. Right, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good, actually. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's just a real source of joy, <laughs> and it's just okay. so funny. It's like, you know, yes, it's it's screen time. Yes, it's the phone. If yeah, you because know, it's Instagram, right? But it just it really um, it really creates a source of of joy, and I just. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd always, occasionally would take a picture where somebody would say, "Hey, that's pretty good. You kind of have a knack for that." Um, but it was only you know in recent years where you know some somebody put a camera, a really good camera, in my hands and said, "Here, just shoot with this for a while. See how it feels." And, and then that. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned joy and I'm glad you mentioned gear because talking about gear gives me joy and Steve won't let me do it. <laughs> so, so I'm going to segue right into that. Um, what, what's your gear of choice? Uh, camera lenses, that sort of thing. Why don't you share that with our listeners? I think they'd probably be pretty interested. I, I know I am. Okay. Well, the, um, you know, the, my, my friend who like got me, Shoot it, just told me you, you gotta start shooting with a real camera. Was uh Randy uh Blythe, he goes by D Randall Blythe uh, on Instagram, and he's um the singer from Lamb of God, that the band, the metal band, huh. which is okay. probably how he's best known. But um, he has gone full photographer, like to the point where, like, he does that, yeah. He'll be fine. Like whatever happens with the music world, like he is like that level photographer. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Uh, Leica shares his photos on, on their pages sometimes. And uh, it's, yeah. And it's very separate from what he does in music. So he's, he's just gone full into it and he's a full on like a guy. And the, um, we were on tour together. The, the camera he loaned me, was the Leica Q. Okay. The Q. And um, after spending a few weeks with that, um, you know, the tour ended. I, I gave it back and I, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to I had to have that that camera. And I th- I think okay. I think it made a lot of sense to start with that camera, which I could I could explain why. But yeah. You know, oh. That, that's okay. Yeah. What, what? How about lenses? Do you stick? Do you stick with the like, like, 
Leica uh, first party lenses? Do you wander off of that? Yeah, so it's a single um, lens. Uh, oh, okay. And you do a lot of the um, the zoom is really all done in post. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's so interesting. So it's um, it's different, but I, yeah, I think yeah with this camera, so it's a, it's a twenty eight uh, lens, and um, it pretty much you know this as far as like you know it's. A, getting into professional cameras i think it's a really good one to um you know to make that leap um it also felt like you know the, the extra cost of a leica as, as we all know um uh, yeah it felt justified because it was like getting a photography course as well uh wow it's it's got you know it has um a light meter uh, it has these automatic functions that you can play off of and i've just learned a lot by you know sort of starting out automatic and then gradually like, like we all do my, yeah weaning myself <laughs> off of it or sometimes you know i'm just the you know the sky is a certain um has a certain light and i'm i have no idea what the settings should be. So, okay, what what is the camera <laughs> automatically? Right. Okay, I'll, and then I won't shoot on automatic, but I'll set the camera that way, and then I'll play around with it, and I'll get different options. And um, it's just, yeah, it's been a, a great way to learn. All right. One of the things that I noticed from your Instagram feed, and it's, you, know, you don't have to look at it for more than the three seconds to realize that, that it's it's very, 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 architectural intensive you got a lot of locations around the world that you've you've shot and gotten <clears throat> really magnificent pictures from uh a couple of years ago two years ago actually um my girlfriend and i went to paris for a, re- literally for a long weekend very a friend of ours lives there she was getting married and we weren't in town very long and as a result of that the shooting that i was kind of forced to do I did from the top of a tour bus going 30 miles an hour huh. happened during the, it happened during the day. Um, I was very lucky that it was a, the weather was spectacular. The lighting was great the whole time. I was able to get good shots. Um, and even at night, having not really chosen the right equipment, um, I got to tell you, my Pentax came through for me. Um, but I didn't have I didn't have much choice in what I was shooting. Wow. I'd never seen the city before. I was very much stuck on wherever the, the bus was going to take us. Yeah. Um, when you go to the various cities, particularly Barcelona, I really the shots you got there um, were amazing, especially the, the one that looks like the cover of physical graffiti. Oh, yeah. I love oh, that. Thank thank sh- I, I love that shot. Um, how do you how do you how do you choose uh, what you're going to shoot? What what is it what is it that attracts you to a particular spot or a particular building? Um, yeah, it's a, well, I, it's funny. I, we were talking about uh, joy a little bit earlier, and yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a follower of you know, Marie Kondo, who's you know that the big fad. You know, she's got got the whole like self help series about clean, tidying up. But I, mm-hmm. I really, I do like her, um, yeah. Which, what she says, which is, yeah, her, 
thing for uh, tidy. She her trademark phrase is you know sparking joy. So so like if you're deciding good to throw something away or not, you know uh-huh. does it spark joy? If not, you you get rid of it. Um, it's kind of the same thing in a way. I actually relate to that. It's like okay, do I feel this? Do I feel something here? And I can't explain okay. why that is. Um, and sometimes I'll take a picture and, and you know, I think it, I, I feel something at the time that I, I don't feel anything. And then other times I'll feel very lukewarm about it, but I'll take, I'll take a sh- the shot just in case. And it turns out to be this really great photo. So I just, you know, I try to shoot as much as I can. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm very aware that it, there, there has to, it has to, I have to feel something and I can't explain why, why I feel something. I, I think that's an excellent answer. Joy, joys as good a reason as anything for shooting. something. Yeah. And, and like that building, I started shooting that building before it even, I even realized the, um, the Led Zeppelin connection. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought... I'm a big Zeppelin. I'm a big Zeppelin guy. So the minute I saw the reference to it, I was like, "Wait a minute, what's he talking about?" And I went, <laughs> I went, I looked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there it is. That's unbelievable." Yeah, I just thought, okay, look, this this uh, it's a really cool scene going on. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked the the, uh, the color of it. Um, and then you know, a lot of the buildings there have um, it's I'm hesitant to call it graffiti. But because a lot of it is, is, it just feels more like art, right? It's street art, mm-hmm. right? Uh, much more than in in the United States. So, and it's and some of it's really classy street. So it had it had a little bit of that. It's clearly like, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, it also had you know apartments. It had a rest. It, so it just seemed like a really good um, capture of yeah, you know, just daily life there. You know, it's not a place tourists go. You know, this is these are all mm-hmm. locals. This is just so I thought that, and then I, you know, once I I took a shot just as a sample, uh, just to kind of get my bearings. Then <laughs> then I realized, oh whoa, <laughs> it totally looks like the uh, physical graffiti building, which I had taken a photo of the year before. In St. Mark's Place, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me just follow up with that real quick. When you get these shots, you go to these places and you see something, you take a picture of it. How often do you go back, look at it and go, oh, man, if I had it to do it again, I'd have done this. Because I know when I was in Paris, there were shots I got. And I don't know if you know, I hope I'll get back there. But there were shots I got that they're good. I, they're nice. They're 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 beautiful. But I every time I look at the collection, I just go, man, if I got another shot at that, I know exactly what I was. Oh, interesting. Um yeah, you know, once once in a while, there's been a couple times where um, I'll shoot automatic by accident. Uh, automatic okay. it, gives, it gives you a fine picture. You're just trying to capture an mm-hmm. image of something. It's fine, but I don't know if this is on on other cameras or you know if it's specific to Leica. But it's just it seems like with. Um, the the automatic on like you're you're pretty locked into it it looks mm-hmm. cool and it looks even um through the view through the um the digital display 
like it looks processed already. So you can show people and it, it really looks like a complete photo. The problem is when you try to um, enhance it in, uh, you know, in, in post, it's, you're pretty locked into it. So I've, I've had, I've had that happen by accident a couple times. And um, yeah, and there's, there's a few from, I guess within the first six months of getting this camera, I, I can look, I, I can go back to photos that I took then when I was just going crazy and you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> take, shooting everything. <laughs> um, yeah. I w- Oh God, of course I, w- I would have framed it a different way, but um, now not so much. I mean, I think I've, I've gotten to, to the point where I, I, I'm more experienced with it. And I, I, I also think just, um, approaching it late i yes in some ways i'm coming into it late in life but also everything i've learned um you know just from being a musician and how to learn and how to improve that i'm applying all of that so that helps a lot okay we we actually had a uh conversation last night about how it is subjective, but we were talking about like um, identification, like of a style. Um, you know, one thing that I noticed with your style, I see a lot of uh-huh. symmetry in your shots, which is something that kind of, you know, I see those leading lines that kind of, mm. um, I like that. Yeah. And, and as a bird photographer, it's, it's completely goes against, you know, with symmetry right. in bird photography. They're, right. They're it doesn't really opposite. go. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a total opposite thing. But that speaks to, you know, that speaks to me as, as a viewer and trying to draw, right. to draw it in. But the, the, whole, the whole thing really is, is it is very subjective. And so we were talking about, uh, Enrico had so- said something very nice about my own work. And was, when he sees my stuff on Instagram, he said that it's very identifiable. And to me, that's kind of like, you know, David Gilmore's vibrato. We were kind of comparing oh, yeah, it to for sure. music, you know, and having having something that when people see your work, um, that that there is something. So like almost to the point now, when I see you put up a new piece of work, I kind of like I like uh, a lot of landscape stuff. You know, not that I shoot it, but I I'm a student of photography and I like to see what's out there. But I do notice that um, just in the like month or so that I've been following you. Uh, I definitely see that you have more of your own style and that's the hardest, I think, especially, you right. know, as a guitar player kind of coming up with that very, that's probably the biggest compliment that you right. could pay somebody is that you sound like yourself. Right. You look like yourself. That's really uh, the goal. I think for me that I kind of try to go for. Um, so what, what are your goals for photography as, as you kind of really get more and more kind of into the rabbit hole? Well, I think um, for me, we, you know, one of the thing that's, that, things that helps and that I've learned from music is just being honest. You know, I think for whatever, whatever skill it takes to um, <clears throat> recognize a good shot, you also need to recognize... Um, the quality um, after afterwards, you have to be your own producer, and you have to be honest. 
with yourself. Not every child mm-hmm. is going to be worth sharing, you know, or even keeping. As Steve, as Steve reminds <laughs> me constantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's and it's um, you're all, you also can't be every type of photographer, you know, just like I can't be every type of guitar player. Yeah, some people consider me a fast right. guitar player, but I know I can name some guys that are just blisteringly fast. And if that's all I worked on, um, maybe uh, maybe I could reach that <laughs> someday. But it does doesn't right. interest me. Uh, and I just I guess I, I focus on the music that I feel something for, uh, and it's it's the same thing. And sometimes that doesn't go with what's popular. You know, there are, I'm not, again, I'm not going to name names, but there are players that um, are just, you know, over the years at one time or another have just been everywhere and just getting mm-hmm. all the attention and everybody's trying to play like that. And I, you know, I, it's not like I can't appreciate what they're doing, but I, I've never felt the need to play like that. So it's kind of the same thing with, right. with photography. Like, you know, I can appreciate different types of, of photos and different types of photographers, but, um, you know, maybe that's, you know, that's, that's not for me. And also I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honing in on what I like to do. Um, now I've also been photographed quite a bit, <laughs> which, you know, it's an occupational <laughs> hazard for <laughs> from my day job it goes to that it goes to territory i have no desire to do that to do those types of pictures right i have so much respect for the people that take pictures of people like me (laughs) and i don't want (laughs) to do that (laughs) um (laughs) and it's you know it's also you know recognizing what personality type you are um you know, the the a lot of the um, music photographers I've worked with, um, yeah, they like to give a lot of direction, um, and sort of you know guide people and tell people. I I that's that's not really me. <laughs> I don't I don't really see that, and I I like uh, that's why I, I like um, you know street photography a lot. I like being barely right. noticed, you, and I, yeah, also be, because I probably because I come from yeah the world of music where I, you know I'm on stage and you know just everybody has to know you know you have to be noticed. <clears throat> it's all about being noticed, and I, I like you know right. just going out in the street and kind of be, being unnoticed, and then seeing seeing what comes from that. Picking up on what on what Steve talked about and the symmetry of your shots. Um, your photography, and I mean this in the best way, seems very, very careful. It, it's it's right. It's you know the 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 shots you got of the World Trade Center terminal are. I've seen a thousand guys take a thousand pictures each of that same thing, and yours oh, stands you. right out. I, I I'm, I'm being absolutely sincere about that. Um, it, are you are you getting that? With your lens standing there, or do you do you use posts? What what do you what do, yeah, you do well, that, anything? In that took a while. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's 
that's that's a shop that's been taken so many times and the place is des- really mm-hmm. designed for that right it's got the i mean you can see it you know there's the, there's a platform off in the distance and it's the exact um, right. you know there's like the, the mirror image of that on the other side which is where mm-hmm. I, i'm taking the the picture from and in normal times when there, there isn't a pandemic that's full full of tourists <laughs> taking photos and usually I, sure. I like to avoid you know the those the, those platforms for tourists you know whether it's you know up in the mountains or you know in a, in a building like that but in that case yeah i realize that that is there is potential for a great shot there um but i, I yeah i i had to do a f- a few um, trips there. All right. How about posts, though? Do you, do you use Lightroom, Photoshop? What's your what's your weapon of choice there? Or do you, you yeah, do no, it def- the I definitely use uh, Lightroom to help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got, I think, yeah, I've gotten better at, at that too. Just, um, you know, just learning what all, all the options are. Um, at some point. Um, okay. A photographer uh, on Instagram sent sent me a message and recommended these um, uh, these plugins. Right. So I, I actually bought the plugins, um, but I rarely use them. Um, but I sometimes use them as a guide. I just feel like um, sometimes they they seem too artificial. It's just very obvious. Yeah. You, you'll see a lot of these, those photos, um, you know, on online, just the amateur photos. Some of them, you know, obviously they look, uh, yeah, they look very polished, but it's so obvious to me that it's the, that it's a plugin. Yeah, I, I share your feeling on that. I, I don't like the plugins for the very, very same reason. In fact, Stephen, I touched on this briefly uh, in one of our conversations. Um, I don't like my photographs to look too, too polished, too perfect. I like a little bit of grittiness in my shots and in, in how I shoot and the presets. Yeah. Me and then, you know, sometimes they can, they can give ideas. Like I find um, occasionally I'll, I'll be stuck on like what, what to do with a certain light or especially if it's, uh, you know, if it's nature, if it's water or clouds. And then I'll I'll put it in the plugin. I'll just say, okay, well that looks, you know, almost like a cartoon now. But there's things I like about it, so maybe it'll it'll inspire um, how I treat it. But I always want it to look natural. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like almost. Uh... I could use this analogy to somebody that finally understands it. It's kind of like that's exactly right. Photo. Yeah, you know what I mean. In a way where it's, <laughs> it's it's just like I try to explain it to another photographer, <laughs> and I just right over their heads. But you know, it, it's I feel like the post processing part of it is fun though. Like I, again, you know, with bird photography, it's a lot of you know. Whereas you're probably hitting maybe I don't know. 50 shots and you know maybe in one location we're hitting like wow. 500 to a thousand so there's a lot of that and then 
you know, it's, it's such a weird dynamic because we're working on one subject and it's right. all about the story, you know, where we're trying to get this bird to look at us. If there's some kind of action, it's a, it's a weird, we actually dedicated a whole episode of it to why, why we do it. But it's the same thing where I think it translates to your photography and, you know, it comes down to the joy of what, you know, really that's, I think kind of where we're, where we're kind of like kind of coming to with this conversation is, is that uh, everything is about the joy and challenging and really almost kind of, for me, I look at it like, I don't know where I'm going with my own photography. I, I just look at it like, you know, if I'm out there and I capture something, then that's something new that I've experienced. And that was, you know, especially with the Oculus shot, that's an iconic shot. It's, it's an experience that you brought us into. And I think on the same level, you know, that we look at things, um, it's the same thing that we always try to do with bird photography is to bring the viewer into the shot and really, you know, convey what we're seeing out in the hills and where we are. And, and I think that that's the same thing that, um, you know, you're doing with your own photography. And that's another, you know, that's a really thank you, hard thank thing you. to well, do. Well, yeah, and I also try to, you know, I'm, I'm selective about uh, whether a shot, you know, feels uh, worthwhile or not. And I would say, you know, for the, the latest Oculus shot, I, I didn't take that many. Actually, I probably took about a dozen because uh, it was just it was just easy. Like at this point, I, I sort of know how to frame it. Uh, I knew what I was going for. Uh, but still, once that one guy walked by, you know, because there were there were there were a few, it wasn't totally empty, to be honest. There were there like two people would walk by and then. You know, like a group of um, work workers would walk by, but then it cleared out, and then so I got a picture of it like totally clear. But then that that one guy in the suit, and there was just something so uh, spooky about one right one lone mm-hmm. uh-huh. figure down there. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And I took a, I probably took like five of of him. Just not knowing which, okay, I figure, okay, one of these is, is going to be great. And um, so, yeah, I, I've tried to, I try to tell a story. And even in a normal situation, you know, not, that's obviously an extreme situation. It's empty because of a pandemic. Um, yeah, I guess I, you know, I like to um, capture something, capture something that's going on. Some, some story because it's so you know you can always take a photo of a street or a building or or whatever it is but if there's if there's some story then that that's interesting you know there's one that um a lot of folks like i i didn't think this was one that was going to get um that much feedback but this this picture of um, a woman looking at uh, the statue um, I don't know if you saw that. It's in um, Salzburg, and um, yeah, people like really re- responded to it, and it was a very accidental shot. And you know, re- that's an, an example. I could have just taken a picture of the statue. You know, I'm sure everybody 
you know, who walks by that statue with a camera take takes it. But this woman was just looking at it, and it, she's just, it's, it, you know, she was, she was kind of dumbfounded by it. And it's understandable, you know, because it's a very strange statue. And Right. But it, it's, a, it's a great photo, exactly. and, you got, and that's the story. The story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, one, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> but I'm interested in that. And also, right. part of the so, other it, idea, it, you know, not just because it's a different channel of creativity, not just because um, I think like some of what I was putting into writing has gone into photography, but also, you know, for the, you know, I, I was supposed to go a lot of places this year, <laughs> like, you know, part, that was my, my other, <laughs> yeah, my, we my all, other, we all were, is, uh, you know, as you know, I, I enjoy tra- not just street photography, but travel photography and, the travel is covered by my regular occupation, uh, but that's yeah, you know, that's changed for the time right. being. So we'll we'll see when that starts up again. But right now, if, if all if things were normal right now, I would have been in either uh, Singapore or Indonesia. Yeah. Oh wow! 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 Well. I wanted to uh, just kind of thank you again, Alex, for coming on. I know, again, that you uh, have your Alex Skolnick Trio conundrum record out. It's been out for a while. And, you know, best of luck with your new uh, Titans of Creation record tomorrow uh, here on uh, where we're recording this on Thursday, April 2nd. So, Hopefully you'll get out at some point into the world and, uh, you know, do some more touring and photography, but I really just wanted to thank Thank you you for everything. Your amazing work is at Instagram at hashtag Skolnick picks. And we'll obviously put all of the links up for you and our listeners. And uh, we really do appreciate it. This is the first interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah.